0: how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrumbacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage 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 Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Rocky Ziegler. Rocky, are you ready to do this?
1: I am. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, let's do this. Rocky is a CFP. He is the author of two books, and he is the host of the Making Finance Fun podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Rocky, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Well, those are some good questions. Um, Personal life. So, yeah, I've been married uh, for—wife is going to kill (laughs) me— Nine years. It'll be nine years in July. Nice. Um, we have a seven-year-old daughter, a five-year-old daughter. And then also, if you can believe it, I have uh, boy-girl twins that just turned four last week. Oh, so, goodness. I got a lot going on personally. Got a lot going on professionally. I've been, uh, been an independent advisor for about seven and a half years. And prior to that, I spent um, actually two different stints at a, uh, at a major brokerage firm. And I uh, just kind of decided to go off on my own in 2012, I guess started off as a hybrid RIA um and I dropped my series 7 back in October of 2018 and and launched my own uh just regular old RIA and I've been doing that ever since so
0: excellent I appreciate that and so tell us a little bit about some of the really the, the 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 primary aspects of your work the kind of folks you work with how how you help them to get to where they want to go
1: Yeah, so I primarily work with what I call regular folks. I'm a, me, and I don't mean this in a negative sense, I'm a simple guy, I'm a regular guy, I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. And so I remember early on in my career, um, one of the elder, or elder, one of the um, more seasoned advisors, you know, told me once that if you're in this business long enough, you're going to start to attract clients that are like yourself. And that's literally what's happened. I work with a lot of just regular T-shirt and jeans, blue collar, whatever you want to call them, you know, type of folks. That's a large majority of my client base um, here locally. And so I help them either get prepared for retirement or live in retirement, uh, take income from their investments, accumulate, you know, um, money in their retirement accounts, things like that. I also offer obviously, you know, the financial planning services, you know, when to take social security, you know, talk about Medicare, when they should retire, how much they're going to get per month, you know safe withdrawal rates, all that kind of stuff. I will say in 2019, in early 2019, I did decide to offer a monthly subscription, a flat fee package that folks just pay a flat monthly fee for. Um, and it's attracted I, I, my initial goal was to was to market it towards younger folks, you know, 30. 35, uh, you know, high earning professionals who wanted some financial advice, but didn't necessarily have the traditional minimums to meet, you know, the $500,000 to invest kind of thing. And so that's one new aspect of my business that I've gone with. That's been great. The one thing I didn't see coming was I've also had a lot of folks within like two or three years of retirement reach out and inquire about that monthly flat fee service. So that's one new thing that I've implemented within the last, you know, 13 or 14 months. That's been kind of a big surprise to me.
0: Got it. So we are having this conversation on April the 20th. And uh-huh. I don't know if we are in the, the beginning, the middle of the end of the coronavirus. But certainly we're we're in a time that's very volatile and extremely confusing and scary for mm-hmm. people. So what, what what kind of conversations or how how are you counseling people through this time?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, number one, a, a vast majority of the conversations I'm having with my clients and prospective clients, friends, neighbors, you know, whatever you want to call it, revolves around risk. I think how much risk you're willing to take with your investments at a time like this is absolutely critical to understand. And so that's to me, is sort of the starting point of every conversation that I'm – not everyone, but nearly every conversation I'm having with investors – is how much risk are you taking how much risk do you want to take do you know what that means okay you're aggressive do you know what that means you're conservative do you know what that means and so you know i use a program uh here with clients that puts a number uh they fill out a questionnaire or we have a conversation and it comes out with a risk number and that risk number clearly identifies okay if you're an aggressive investor this is what to expect with your portfolio in a normal period of time so I think this is a wonderful time to take a step back as an investor and really really evaluate after what we saw in March to really evaluate are you comfortable with the level of risk that you were say on January 1st of this year
0: got it and when you're asking people do you know what that means to be aggressive or to be conservative what what, what kind of answer are you getting back do people know
1: no i found that that people don't know um risk investment risk tolerance for the longest time in my opinion has been very vague so someone will say uh, you know i'm aggressive i'm conservative but i don't really think that a majority of investors fully understand what that means until something like march of 2020 happens right because if you're in a super aggressive portfolio and the S&P drops 40%, for example, your super aggressive portfolio is probably gonna drop a lot more than that. That's what being an aggressive investor means. And other than 2008, so we've had 12 years, no one's really experienced the risk side of an aggressive portfolio. And so that's why, at least to me, it's very critical as as I'm circling back around with clients to say, okay, a few months ago, you told me your risk level was this, are you still comfortable with that? Yes, no, why? So, again, I use a program that puts a number on it. So they, ha- they have a risk number, whether it's 1 or 20 or 60 or 99. Based on that number, I can show them in normal times this is what to expect. And, of course, right now you know everything is, <laughs> everything is not normal. And so, again, it just helps to it, hopefully – that's my hope is to – clarify what their actual desired level of risk truly means
0: yeah which is which is tricky right because if it would have been six months ago people's risk would have been oh yeah they're totally fine with risk as the market just goes up and up and up
1: versus well, today. yeah, you're, you're, yeah you're, you're completely right and as i'm as i'm circling back with you know with my clients i'm finding that they're their risk tolerances were much different um, last fall, last winter, first part of this year than it is now, and it's certainly understandably as to why. I mean, we, March 2020 was—correct me if I'm wrong—the the fastest bear market we've ever had. What I, I think we dropped, you know, it, it only took us like 22 days to drop 20% or something like that. Mm, wow. So again, to me, while it's scary, it's nerve wracking, it is for me too. It is for advisors as well. I found, you know, we're, we're not immune to this. You know, yeah. we get, we get nervous about, about things like this as well from time to time, but um, just think it's important, at least in my opinion, to kind of take a step back in a time like this and say, okay, now that I've just seen the downside, now that I've seen, you know, the black swan, the unprecedented downside risk event, what's my real risk tolerance right now? Am I still aggressive? Am I still, you know, am I conservative? I just think it's a good time to really kind of revisit that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity to your point. Exactly. This is the time to be revisiting it because if we are going to assume that the market is going to come back and regular market cycles will return, we, we, we don't know how long that will take, but, but, the next time this happens, will you be prepared? And do you, want to be, do, do, do you want to be feeling these feelings that you're feeling right now? Or do you need to be more conservative?
1: And that's the key is the next time. Because it will, I'm not saying the coronavirus, but a market drop of 30% plus, it will happen again. It, it, it's, it's happened numerous times in the course of our history. And also, too, one thing I failed to mention is, you know, risk tolerance is just one part of investing, which is one part of your overall financial plan. So Mm -hmm. if you came to me last year and say, I want to retire in 10 years, I'm a super aggressive investor. And, you know, this is what, how much risk I want to take. Does that look different now? And also if you dial the risk back, like, let's say, you know what, never mind, this is too much. I can't take it. I want to be conservative now. How does that alter your financial plan at the same time? So there's kind of a lot of moving parts to all this stuff, as you're probably well aware.
0: Yeah, well, there's there's no doubt. And I think that that's such an excellent point. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day that just having a portfolio is not a financial plan. It's just one Correct. aspect to your overall financial plan. So now, something I've been talking about or thinking about quite a bit right now is is cash on hand. I just got sick of saying mm-hmm. emergency fund. I, I, so I'm like, okay, we need I'm with to, you, Yeah, I, I really want to help people – not just say you need to have an emergency fund, but how can I get people who are regular people to get three, six months worth of cash on hand? Because it's not easy to be saving that kind of money.
1: No, it's much easier said than done. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I think it's critically important to have some cash on hand. I, I, for some reason, I grow weary of the term emergency fund myself. <laughs> I don't really have a reason why, but... Um, I also can't stand the term great recession for some reason. I just, I I don't know why it's some kind of pet (laughs) peeve of mine, but um, it is important. And I think just like with anything in life, um, a person should set a goal. Okay. So there's no really ironclad. You have to have this much cash on hand, you know, X amount of months. It's, it's, I think every situation's different. But I think what this whole coronavirus, you know, stock market drop, um, quarantine stay-at-home order has taught us is that you do need to have not only some cash on hand, but I'll even go a step further and say, um, you know, have some critical supplies on hand as well. I mean, look at the toilet paper shortage or yeah. the toilet paper run. You know, it's not going to kill you to have a little, you know, an extra 12 pack of toilet paper sitting around at all at all times. But in terms of how to build up a, you know, a nice little cash on hand, again we're, we're all at home uh, for the most part and we have time on our hands for a change and so you know look think about open up your checking account go on your online banking look at your statement whatever you want to do and look at some things that you could truly do without like for example maybe you know Hulu live right it's let's call it 50 bucks a month 55 bucks a month I don't even know what it is anymore if you're trying to build up emergency fund maybe you cut that because you, you can still watch hulu it's still using antenna for the local channels but that's 50 bucks a month you could save um things like that i'm not a big hey quit going to the coffee should you know the uh, i'm not a big quit going to the coffee shop and you know buying the two dollar coffee it'll every little bit helps but just yeah print out your last 30 days your last 60 days of banking activity and really look at where you can trim your budget and then because I, I i bet you would be surprised how much you could probably trim it by. And you know what? If it's 150 bucks a month, fine. If that's what you can trim, take that 150, put it into a savings account, month after month after month after month and before you know it you're going to wake up and there's going to be a couple thousand dollars in there at minimum. So
0: Yeah. All those exercises they they do a lot of things, but small amounts certainly do add up. And the more repetition you get, the stronger you get at it, and the more confidence you build. And it's hard build. to do
1: because you you have to make you have to make some real choices. Like that's right. For example, do I want to cut Netflix? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, boy, that's a hard call because you're at home. You know, you're at home a lot, and so do you want to cut Netflix? I mean, do you want to cut Hulu Live? Do you? I feel like I'm just focusing on TV. It's just two things I'm thinking of, but you know. <laughs> Do you really need, you know, um, four new shirts? Do you really need whatever it is? I, I just think it's a good time to take a look at your, you know, last sixty days of spending, or I guess in this case it might be a little bit skewed, but also your January and February worth of spending, and look at some areas that you can cut. Because if you're anything like me, I'm sure there's some areas that you can cut your spending
0: thousand percent and you know as as we're being a wet blanket on <laughs> on everybody i mean it's not a fun thing to talk about you know the name of your podcast is making finance fun and i i like to have a good time i'm a, i I'm a, I'm a silly guy but this is this is an opportunity right now i think to really take a deep look at what your priorities really are just Absolutely. like you need to look at your risk tolerance what's most important to you and then to make hard decisions
1: it is, you know, um, I feel like when we have the budgeting conversation as financial planners, it always boils down to quit going to get coffee every morning or quit going out to eat. The funny thing is, now that a lot of these, you know, at least I'm in Illinois, um, a lot of the place, you can't really go into anywhere, so I can't, I can't like go out to dinner somewhere. You can still go through drive-through, but it's, it's caused me to realize how much money that I have frankly just pissed away by going out to lunch, going out to dinner rather than going home. And so that's one thing that I'm hoping to carry with me for the long term is, you know, um, maybe I could trim my budget from $100 a month going out to lunch down to 15 Because truthfully, now that I literally cannot go out to lunch somewhere, I can't go somewhere and sit, I can go through drive through but I can't go and sit somewhere. I've been going home a lot more. I mean, so that's one thing that's kind of opened my eyes is I don't really, you know, I I go out to lunch way too much, essentially, is what it is. Um, We probably went out to dinner way too much. So that's one decision that we've been kind of forced to make Mm -hmm. um, is there's really nowhere to go. There's really no, there's no movie theater to go spend money on. And also, too, I mean, does it really matter if you go see the movie the weekend it comes out? I mean, if you're super excited, sure, go for it, but um, Do you, you know, or could you wait a few months till it comes out on whatever platform it is and you can watch it there?
0: Yeah. The only way that that we know the answers to those questions is if you actually ask yourself those questions right there. And that's so important. Mm There have been really smart people that talk about, look at the the, the things you spend your money on. And if they, in fact, bring you joy, well, then keep doing that, even do more of it. but. I'm like you. I had found myself at various times in my life eating out all the time, not because mm-hmm. it was bringing me immense joy. It's just because I was in the habit doing it.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's just turned into a habit. Sure.
0: So I think that. And it, the, go ahead.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'm with you too. And, and you know, I, I feel like us, you know, financial planner types have this negative connotation when people come to see us that we're going to say, "Don't go out to eat anymore." No more new clothes, no more new shoes, turn off Hulu, turn off Netflix. Oh, and look at that. You've got 800 bucks a month all of a sudden now. That's it, not really what it's all about. It's, you know, it's like, like what you said. I, for example, I, I love playing golf. Um, it costs me, you know, 30, 35 bucks, generally speaking, you know, when I go pay, play golf. I'm happy to do that because it's stress relief for me. It, it, it's, it's being outside for four hours. It's seeing my friends. It's seeing my dad. It's something I truly, truly enjoy. So, you know, for people listening, if there's something like that that you truly, truly enjoy, well, I mean, you know, you have to cut that out of your life just to, you know, save 50 bucks a month. But I'm sure there's places that you can. At least I can only speak for myself. But, yeah, there's uh, this whole, you know, shelter-in-place order has definitely shown me there's a lot of areas that I waste money.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: You know, going out to lunch, you just get in the habit of it. Every day, Mm -hmm. oh, it's about 1130, okay, I guess I'm going to hop over to wherever, and that's, you know... Like I said, I've been going home because we've been cooking more, so there's there's been more things to eat at home. There's been leftovers and whatnot, and so um, yeah, that's one thing that I'm going to take with me from this is that I definitely um, ate out at restaurants way too way too much.
0: And and that's everybody, I think on average now we eat and the the, the term is food away from home, and it's fifty yeah. percent of of all of our expenditure. So there's opportunities there. Oh. So. Sure. For sure. Love it. Well, Rocky Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? <laughs> OK,
1: <laughs> just know how much risk you're, you you want to take with your investments. I just can't stress that enough right now. I mean, we're on the heels, you know, up until March or yeah, March. Right. Yeah. Up until March, we were on the heels of one of the longest, depending on who you talk to, if not the longest bull market in history. And now we're seeing the other side of it. We're seeing a big drawdown, right? A a drastic, severe drawdown that happened at the snap of a finger. Just know on the heels of this, just know what a high-risk portfolio means. Know what a low-risk portfolio means, both in terms of your investments and your financial plan. If you're 30 and all you want to do is buy CDs and you want to retire at 40 – you're not going to get a lot of growth with those CDs. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't do that, but just know how much risk you're taking. Cause I feel like it's, it's been lost during this bull market. I think that hey, what did is- we go up last year? 30%? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It, it to me, risk almost just got cast aside as like, Oh, who cares? Everything I buy is going up 25% anyway. So the difference making strategy for me is just know how much risk you're taking with your investments because it, Reverberates across not only your financial plan, but your, your, your entire life, really.
0: Wank, that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on! Rocky, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where, where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: So, uh, a couple places. It's kind of a mouthful. I do have the Making Finance Fun podcast. Um, my The best website to, I guess, find out some more information about me, it's kind of a mouthful, but it's financialplannerpeoriail.com dot com so it's financial planner peoria dot com i'm in peoria illinois p-e-o-r-i-a right in the middle of the state kind perfect
0: of. well savage nation if you enjoyed this as much as i did show rocky your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas go to financial planner peoria and check out the making finance fun podcast i will list both those in the notes of the show thanks again rocky
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. This uh, this was fun.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.